This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in a very stormy Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 24th, episode 2232, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, horse world. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. That's right, it's hump day with your horses in the morning hosts, Jamie That Girl Jennings and Glenn the Geeky Pony Guy. Wednesday, I guess. On today's show, Kim Porter joins in to tell us about being on a boat and witnessing the pony swim this morning. Then we are joined by Catherine T. Graves, Associate Clinical Professor at the University of Kentucky for Horse Health segment on genetic testing. Glenn brings us a July edition of Study Show, and Jamie shares things your horse husband says at a horse show. Should get interesting. But first, Glenn shares some numbers on the horse craze in the UK, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today... Today is National Tell an Old Joke Day. So I found a website <laughs> with some really, really good ones made just for you guys. You ready? Yeah, we're ready. ready. Yep. Okay. Number one. What do you call an Amish guy with his hand in a horse's mouth? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm afraid to say <laughs> anything because I feel like I'll get in trouble somehow. What's the answer? A mechanic. Oh my god! I got another one. Uh, I bet you did do. Did you hear about the man? Did you hear about the man who was hospitalized with six plastic horses inside of him? No, I didn't. The doctor described his condition as stable. <laughs> All right, one more, one more. I promise. That's it. What did the horse say when it fell? What did the horse say when it fell? Yep. Uh. I feel. Like, I don't know. I feel like we I don't get know. These. I was waiting for the. What do horses eat? Hey. It's, it's a, oh God, that'd be great. No, 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 not that one. But this one says, "I've fallen and I can't giddy up." Oh, <laughs> and I'm out. Uh, well, did you search for like bad old jokes or just old jokes? <laughs> Carrie, it doesn't matter. jokes. Apparently, maybe they're just all bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for that, Jemmy. All right. So today we're going to be doing a study show. And as you know, we just kind of make fun of the titles. But I actually had to read this one. Uh, and that is they did the latest uh, sh study over the British Equestrian Trade Association did their study on equ equestrians and horses and riders and things in England that they do every year. And it was released today. And it says that they're cautiously optimistic uh, about the industry, but there's still work to be done. The survey shows that there's a steady decline in the number of riders in the country over the previous 10 years, and that appears to be recovering. 
Uh, although U- UK horse population has shrunk by about 100,000, the number of people who have ridden at least once in the past year has increased from 2.7 million in 2015 to 3 million, while the number of regular riders has risen from 1.3 million to 1.8 million. There are 374,000 horse-owning households in Britain, down from 466,000. And, you know, for considering the size uh, of the country, I thought that was pretty good. And the estimated horse population of Britain is 847,000, down from 944,000. So it sounds like the number of households uh, is is down, and the number of horses is down. And, of course, you know, I don't know. Over time, do you expect it to go up? I don't expect it to go up. I feel like the, there's numbers of more people that have been able to afford a trail ride. Like Yeah, exactly. That- randomly ride have ridden more <laughs> right exactly or there there are more people just taking lessons or or something like that that don't that don't own the horses uh but the numbers you know it is a horsey it's a horsey country it definitely is a horsey country if you took uh those numbers and took them against the number of people in the united states and our number of horses which they say is around nine million i bet you there's more horses per thousand over there than than over here mm-hmm. so it was interesting. It was uh, the latest study done, and uh, I, you know, they they said they're cautiously optimistic uh, because of the numbers increasing a little bit. But you know, also one of the things that it said is thirty percent of people don't ride because there's no place near them to to ride. And I am sure that that'd be. A- Let me tell you something. If you live in London, Maine, a dang horse you can get to within four hours because it's so much traffic. <laughs> And I'm sure that's true of most cities over here, too, like New York. All right, let's do our daily winnies because we have uh, our guest coming up. And we're going to do these real quick. Happy birthday to auditors Jarrah Brown and Shannon Brooke. Happy birthday to both of I'll you. I'll piggyback since okay. we're in a time crunch. I'll just use that yes. uh, happy birthday, chilly daily Winnie to say happy birthday to my mama. I mean, you know, every once in a while she does listen. So if you're listening, mama, you, happy birthday. I hope that uh, you have a great day. Happy birthday, mom. All right, let's head right now to Chincoteague Island and Assateague Channel. And on a boat live from there is Kim Porter, who's witnessing the pony swim this morning. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Have they gone? They just landed. Maybe two minutes ago, they just landed. It was a great swim. Fabulous. To describe the scene and the weather and everything. Tell us everything. Um, it's beautiful. It's it's uh, sunny, um, not too hot, nice breeze. There's no bugs. The weather is perfect. It's always perfect here on Chicopee. <laughs> <laughs> As storms rolled through um, last night. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yes, they did. But, uh, no, we came out here, and we, we got to actually get on the boat. We got ferried out to our boat quite late, so we got to... Um, not leave the dock until seven o'clock. So that was really great. Some other people um, have been out here since about four thirty in the morning. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we're pretty spoiled. Um, and we were in a boat. Literally, the um, I will I can send you guys along pictures for the website or whatever. But the they literally swim right in front of the boat. Um, so yeah, great, great view, great 
Kim, this is the 94th annual uh, swim, and of course they're heading over to the other side now. They'll be brought back to the pens, and uh, they're also paraded through town, right? Yes. Yeah, so what what they do now is they're on um, on the ground at Memorial Park, and they'll let them rest for about an hour after the swim. Because the swim is a fairly, I mean, it's not just the little ways that they go. The swim takes maybe you know five or ten. I don't know. It seems like it seems like it is a pretty good uh, distance that they have to swim. So they let them rest for about an hour, and then they'll parade them through town to the carnival grounds. Are them um, what? Which is also a fabulous thing to see what happens after the carnival grounds um they go to the carnival grounds and then they tomorrow morning is the auction and they will um separate the mares from the foals and run them through the auction um starting at about eight o'clock tomorrow morning okay so time out so we've got these ponies that are wild on this island and they fire from what i remember the fire department it's kind of their deal and they bring some of them over and they swim them but they don't they don't do it early enough to where the foals can't make it because there are foals with the mares. And then it's like an instant weaning. Do the foals get auctioned off too, or do the foals go back to the island? Does anybody go back to the island, or are they all off of it forever? So uh, they swim everybody. But who, they, who doesn't? Um, the ones that don't swim are the very young foals, and then the, the mares who are older, they don't make them swim. Um, those guys get. What did you say? Too young, too old, and too pregnant. Um, <laughs> they get trucked over to the carnival ground. Okay. And then um, they sell almost all the foals. They keep a few every year. They call them buybacks. And basically, you can you make a donation. You get to name the foal. You get your picture taken with the foal. And then it goes back out to the island to help replenish the herd from the ponies that they've lost over the winter. Um so they'll do maybe, you know, say six or seven buybacks, um, predetermined by the fire company. They, they pick out the ones that they want to save back. Um, and the rest get to go home with, with families. And if they're too young, um, if they're under maybe six, six or seven weeks, they will call them fall pickups and they'll go back and stay on the island until the fall when they round them up. And then, then you can pick them up in, in October. Okay, but those six or seven week old babies didn't swim, right? They were trucked over. Right, they get they, the, the little ones. They trust. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, this is amazing. So yeah. the auction happens, and people buy. How many ponies do you have at this point <laughs> from the island? How many do I have personally? Yes, three. <laughs> <laughs> and how many? How many did you intend on buying? All three, I, or were they all surprised? I bought two on purpose, and then the third one was an accident. She just uh, accidentally raised her hand. Four, but <laughs> I did. I did. And the, so the older two, they're all three broke to drive, and the older two um, I am now driving in a pair, which is great fun. But one of the older two I've been competing in combined driving for several years. It's oh, wow. awesome. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that yeah. is really cool. They're all awesome. They're <clears throat> They're a great size for driving. Mine, mine are all three of a 13.3. Um, and they're just a fabulous size to drive. And, you know, they're hey. just great. Brilliantly smart ponies. So is there like, uh, okay, so I have some BLM Mustangs and they have a brand on them that very clearly lets people know that these are BLM Mustangs. Is there something that shows what where these ponies come from? No. Nope. 
No, nope. so you just have a 13 three hand pony, and people just look at it and they're like, What a cute pony! and you're like, Uh, it was from Shikating Island. Like, do you do you yeah. that a conversation say, starter? Oh, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Oh my god, those ponies are really there, and that really happens. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So, I'm always bringing new people down here to, you know, come on, you gotta come with me. This is the best thing ever. Some, oh. Some people keep coming every year after that. <laughs> I, I read an article, Kim, that there's tens of thousands of people they were expected. Is the crowd that big? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But even though there are that many people and the island's pretty small, you still can move around. You still can get into a restaurant. You still can. It's not crazy with people so that you can't function down here this week, um, huh. you know. It, it's really busy. And the people, the locals are so friendly and accommodating that, you know, it's totally doable. Totally so, doable. So, Kim, which one do you have your eye on for this auction? <laughs> I do, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm holding steady at what I have for right now. I have, uh, I have a bunch of other horses, too. So, and I really like my husband. I'd like to keep him for a while. So, <laughs> well, I think I'll hold. <laughs> Don't register for a bidding number. Okay. Yeah, so, you said you accidentally <laughs> got one, but that's not how that works. You can't just raise your hand. You have to have a number. So, that means you win it and you, oh, you maybe like, no, Bing. you don't have. You don't have to have a number. You just can raise your hand. Oh, that's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I, it's terrible. And I just raised my hand, and I, I was trying to get the bidding going. I didn't even see the pony I was bidding on, and I just raised my <laughs> hand, and they said sold. I went, oh, oh uh-oh. <laughs> like, who was that? Who was not that? Good. He was looking around like, what? Who did that? What? Huh? <laughs> and nobody wanted that one because she was the only one that bids. So there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. No, there were a couple. They were a couple, uh, but it was good. It was good. And he's, you know what? He's, he's really, I think when my husband had, I had no way to get him home because I didn't bring a trailer that year. My husband had to drop down with the truck. Oh, that's even worse. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Because he's yeah. fuming he the whole way. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He, he, he would be happy to admit he's his favorite one. <laughs> Do you yeah. think, by the, the way... That the adults that have done this for the last 20 years every year have to do this swim. Do you think they're going, oh, hell, not this again? Uh, <laughs> oh, some of the ponies, there have been times when the ponies have, a stallion might take his mares over just ahead of time. Like, well, look, the weather's getting hot and I, you know, let's beat the crowds. And they swim over on their own. Oh, my gosh. They do the swim. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so- they're pretty clever and they know just what they're doing, so. Well, cool. thank Kim. Thank yeah. you once again for joining us this morning live from the 94th annual Chincoteague Pony Swim. Enjoy your rest of the day on the island. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. So long. That is so awesome. I love that she comes on to talk to us about that. I know. That just, and she knows a lot about it. <laughs> I've never seen it. You know, like uh, my next question would have been like, are these ponies super wild like Mustangs or are they kind of because they're handled and there's crowds and there's people that are around? Well, they're are they less only once a year. Um, and there's 110 that they brought over this morning. So they'll bring them over there and then they go. And as she said, they kind of separate them. Um, and then they'll do the auction and then they swim them back. So, you know, 
I think there's, I, I'm not sure how many go to auction every year, but it's not a lot. It's not, oh, you know, okay. it's not a ton of ponies. So but is, are these the ponies that just kick the guy in the Yes, it is. <laughs> that one should go for extra. <laughs> I think that was probably one of the stallions. That story went absolutely viral everywhere. I've seen it on every major news thing. I've seen it everywhere. Uh, that was our loser of the week on Monday. <laughs> I mean, definitely you're not supposed to touch him, but like, that was a big price to pay for that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, his price to pay was wearing the Speedo. I told you that's why he got kicked. I think that's that was the real reason. Well, thank you to Kim for that. That was a lot of fun. <clears throat> so, um, you, I saw a picture of you riding Zeus again. Now, Zeus is your Mustang that got hurt and has been an invalid and an escape artist for about, uh, seems like a year. And yeah, nine so months. he's back. Is this the first time you rode him? No, I've ridden him a couple of times. Uh, I came out and had an ultrasound done of him and a, a, a couple months apart and there was like no change. So consulted with the surgeon and they're like, you know, sometimes horses tendons just don't look the same. They're just not going to look the same on ultrasound. So my vet was like, just start riding him just ever so slightly at first, you know, and, and we'll just see, because the problem with this dang horse is he will not show lameness will not be lame. And so the problem with this is you can't tell if he's hurting or not because he's a Mustang. And if you show weakness, you're dead. And so he doesn't show anything. So on the ultrasound, it doesn't look any better. So she's like, just get started doing stuff with him. And so we've been walking and trotting. And then I took him out to the field because my arena is sand and it's a little deep. So I've been kind of trail riding him. This is about my third time out there. And it was funny because Chad was outside and our house is starting to get built out in the pasture. And I ride by and he's like, can I ask you a question? Why do you love that horse so much? <laughs> And I was like, you know, I mean, I'm sit sitting on this horse that I haven't sat on in nine months and he's utterly perfect. Like, he was just perfect. And, and I, I, I just look back. I'm like, how much time do you have? Like, wh <laughs> why would you ask me that question? Because he does not have the love affair with Zeus that I do, considering we just no, had to I think he rather bottom hates that horse. All <laughs> so it's just a horse that you sit on and you're just like, yes, this is my you, you remember that movie Avatar yes. where they're like things are flying around and they have those long ponytails and they attach the ponytail to like the tail of the animal and it's like some instant connection. That's what happens when I sit on Zeus. My little ponytail attaches to his little thingy and we plug in and it's good. Uh, <laughs> so that's how I feel about that horse. And I just can't even you can't describe that to a man. You just can't. <laughs> so I'm like, why do you like that child next to you? Exactly. Same thing. <laughs> indescribable <laughs> but that leads me to uh, a segment that i would like to do called things horse husbands say at horse shows do we have time for that yes oh my gosh so uh somebody posted this on the heels down happy hour facebook page and i saw it and i thought glenn and i have got to do this so i kind of thought we would go back and forth saying this is what people's husbands have actually said at a horse show now chad my husband has been very smart at horse shows like ever but i remember taking a boyfriend to a horse show and and i rode and, and he was like is that it do we put him back in his horse house now and i was like it's not a horse house it's a stall thanks <laughs> you know it didn't work. I like out. horse house though. That's kind of good. <laughs> um, so uh, this Ariel posted it, and this is some of the things her husband said. Then people chimed in with uh, other things. 
And one is the first thing she wrote is remember, this is her husband. Why don't you do dressage when you, uh, or sorry, when you do dressage, you don't look anything like the horses in the videos. <laughs> and it was totalist in the video. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, don't ever let your husband watch any upper level eventing or upper level dressage because then you look like you don't matter. But if you get them out there and they've never seen anything and you're taking them up to a beginner novice fence, they're like, dang, that's substantial. And this is the re- same reason that I've been told privately by professional dressage riders that they do not watch eventing dressage. <laughs> just, it drives just, them crazy. Oh, eventers do the best dressage. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like the next one and I agree with this and you can read the next one. Uh, which one do you want me to do? I'm lost oh, here. Okay. Well, the first one, and then you do the second one, which is who do I talk to about placing a bet on him? <laughs> oh my God. That would be such a much more enjoyable way be. for men to be at horse shows <laughs> if we could gamble. And would I would be. enjoy horse shows more. Can I gamble? And we could bet I on who's going to fall off first. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could bet on. There's prop bets left and <laughs> yes, right, Glenn. Exactly. Who's going to fall off? Who's going to get bucked off? Who's going to jump out of the arena? Who is going right. to get, get not even over the first fence? I mean, there's so many prop bets you could come up with. I would probably bet on myself. <laughs> For most of them, speaking of my entry for baby Groot and his first horse trial has commenced. I, I I've been accepted. When's that? Oh Lord, uh, August 9th and tenth. Oh, cool. So Coming fortunately, up. you won't be here the I day be before to harass me. <laughs> no, I will not be here to harass you. I'll do that after. Oh. I'll be. We'll be actually. Back right baby after that. Zara is doing the future event horses the two-year-olds on the ninth, and then the tenth and the eleventh is baby Groot in the intro division. So. Oh, we'll we have, have a lot to, to pick on there by Monday. Yeah, we'll yeah. have plenty to talk about. <laughs> Rebecca said after uh, she came out of the arena, after doing her test, her husband said, that was it? Oh, God! <laughs> uh, my girlfriend, who is a prelim eventer, was dating this guy, and and she gets done with cross country. It was the last prelim, and it comes back. And, I mean, the prelim course is like six minutes, and he comes back, and he was like, that was it? I'm like, son of a, do you know the years <laughs> of blood, sweat, and tears to get to that point? Oh, I was like, you have to break up with them. And she did. So she got smart. Uh, the next one, Sandy, bless your heart. This is going to happen. Glenn, this has probably happened to you. I, I Sandy says, mine times. fell asleep while we were in the bleachers watching dressage at Rolex. <laughs> well, you know what? It's always hot at Rolex and the sun's shining and, you know, it's dressage. So, Yeah. Kristen said, uh, her husband said, why can't you make the horse dance? Like referring to tempi changes and stuff. Yeah, like you're watching <laughs> yeah. it and they're like, why can't you do that? Yeah, why can't you do that? Why can't you do that to, uh, flying caprioles and things? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel says, uh, my boyfriend thought, he... <laughs> my boyfriend took a video of me on cross country and left the course after the video. Um, but it wasn't her in the video. It was like a 12 year old. <laughs> Good job, honey. <laughs> <Weirdo. laughs> she was offended too. <laughs> yeah. uh, you all look alike with the helmets and the clothes. I'm pretty sure pigtails are not, you know, the thing that a 28 year old woman has. Maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> Alexandra said, "My husband's response to a 23 from my mayor in a test, which is good, right?" Yeah, and eventing. That's fantastic. Yeah. She walked and ran around the rectangle so well. 
is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> At least he watched. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't sleeping like uh, poor uh, whose husband was Sandy's husband. <laughs> um, Courtney says, my husband's first time watching me ride a dressage test. When I came out of the ring, <laughs> his response was, you're done? I thought you were still warming up. I was waiting on something to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he slept on the get, couch go that sit night. in the car you go sit <laughs> yeah. in the car and i'll come get you when we are finished <laughs> all oh, right uh, i think tara tara no not tara her husband's kind of nice uh <laughs> go with susan's there uh susan said uh husband said you look great husbands are great comic relief at horse shows i show over fences my husband will ask when is your next run that's barrel racing, honey. That's barrel <laughs> racing. Now, this one, Lisa, I felt so bad for her because this is harsh. Mine says, she says, mine says watching me ride at a show is like watching paint dry. Break up with that jerk. How dare they? Uh, I, I Then I went on and I tried to find some more. Uh, one horse husband said, I don't get why everybody wears white when you all end up so dirty at the end of the day. Amen. Yeah. Why not Amen. black? <laughs> it's like... Amen. And then my favorite one, uh, at, at a schooling show, we were running behind and I grabbed my stuff from the car and headed to the trailer. And my boyfriend came running up behind me with my half chaps calling, hey, you forgot your shin guards. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what they are, if you think if about you it. If you have any more, I need to hear them. We'll make a post on the horses in the morning of things your boyfriend or your horse husband has said at a horse show. That's fantastic. Also, head on over to horselovers.com because they have an in-season fly sheet sale going on today. Oh, that's no. right. You can get your fly sheets on sale in-season up to 35% off. And that includes the Weatherbeater Comfortech, which we've talked about, the Weatherbeater Breeze, the Saxon sheets, the Cool Coats. They have a bunch of them on sale right now, all at 35% off. So you can look You can look at sheets that were $85 down to $56. Um, you can look at the ones that were regularly 170 down to 112 i mean you can't beat that right now usually you don't see those kind of sales going on unless it's out of season in the winter also they for the western riders they have professionals choice saddle up promo going on which means the professionals choice pads which are the western professional choice pads are not cheap they're like a hundred and uh 150 dollars to 200 and some dollars and they're marked down right now and and very seldom do you see the professional's choice uh pads marked down so just uh check that out also at horselovers.com that sale is going on today and don't forget their clearance section they're, i mean you practically they're practically paying you to buy the stuff in the clearance section it's like it's free, free. that's right if you it's need like it's something free. go to horselovers.com first because there is a very good chance that they are giving them away <laughs> and the clearance section has a ton of clothing right now and western wear so head on over there today at horselovers.com and you'll find all of that and now it's i want to win this noble outfitters outfit i'm going to enter okay it's time for the horses in the morning horse health report when our intrepid hosts together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade attempt to inform enlighten or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. 
Now, we're not going to terrify you today. We're going to inform today. But I also, Glenn, Glenn said uh, that somebody, we're going to talk to somebody at Gluck. And Gluck is an equine research center at the University of Kentucky and is associated with the university. And we are going to talk to Catherine Graves. And uh, Catherine, I would like to welcome you to the show and let you know that I am a former employee of the Gluck Equine Research Center. Oh, well. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very, very important job, Glenn. I did two things when I was at the Gluck, and it depended on what day uh, of the week it was. Oh, no, oh. nothing that cool. Oh. <laughs> I w- worked for Dr. Tobin and his lab, and I washed test tubes. And <laughs> there is a very specific way that you wash test tubes, and I can still recount because I did it about 9 billion times. Plus, I also had to remove the urine bags from mares because I cl- basically collected urine from mares. So I collected urine and washed test tubes, and that always goes down in my worst jobs ever <laughs> category. <laughs> Dr. Graves so, would say it's, ne- it's important, though, right, Dr. Graves? That's an important no, she- job. Well, who, who who knows how those skill sets might benefit you in the future? <laughs> you know what? I mean, I made a ton of cash. I was a student at the time, so you get student pay, which was like $4 an hour. So <laughs> I'm kind of banking on it. <laughs> well, we should all remember our humble beginnings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> perspective. Um, so what you guys are doing is a new, is this a new thing that Gluck is doing and that's the genetic testing? Oh, it's hardly a new thing. The laboratory was established in 1986. And uh, at that time, it was just blood typing for parentage verification. Um, we didn't have DNA technology yet. So we blood typed horses to determine whether they qualified as the offspring of the indicated sire and dam. And then um, going into the 1990s, DNA came on the scene. And as the technology developed, people started discovering mutations that are responsible for coat color. And so those tests have been added in the last um, 10 to 15 years. Cool. So, so, what What is color testing then? Why would we do that? Well, um, color is the most obvious trait when you look at a horse. So even if you know nothing about a horse's conformation, um, people can see what color it is and determine whether they like that color or not. Um, and breeders and owners would like to determine what colors might be produced when they breed certain horses together. Uh, There's an advantage to um, having a horse of a certain color if you're trying to market it. Some registries will not allow you to register a horse if it's not a particular color. So there's a number of reasons why people want to use color testing in their breeding program. So we all know that there's bays and chestnuts and grays and black horses. What are some of the other colors that we might be surprised to hear about? Well, um, the dilution genes, which include um, cream dilution and champagne, for example, they produce colors such as palomino, um, gold champagne, amber champagne, buckskin. Uh, There's also... The Dunn mutation, actually the Dunn's not a mutation. That's actually the original horse color. Um, and 
the spotted jeans are very popular. So people like those loud paint horses and they want to be able to produce, reliably produce horses of those patterns. So they will test their uh, mares and stallions to see which jeans they carry and they can control what color foal is produced. Well, so instead of just breeding a mare and hoping that it's going to get a baby, uh, you know, like a, a happy spotted baby, they can right. actually test it first to see if that would actually happen. Right. They, yes. Appaloosa is a little tricky as far as the amount of whites you'll get, but you can increase your chances if you know which genes the mare and stallion carry. But is that, are there flukes? I mean, is that always hold true or could I test and say, okay, between these two, I'm reasonably sure to get a black and I get a, I get a, you know, I get a bay. Well, it depends on what the genetic makeup is. Um, in some cases, there's a hundred percent confidence in what you're going to get. In other cases, there's various percentages as to you might get 25% black or 50% chestnut. It just depends on the makeup of the stallion and mare. And that's what genetic testing enables us to do. We can say these are the genes or alleles your horse carries, and these are the possibilities. So when I was breeding uh, my broodmare, Pink, I bred her to this ginormous big black stallion hoping that I would, and she's a chestnut mare, get a big black colt. And the the percentage chance of me getting a chestnut and a chestnut filly was very low. And of course I got a chestnut filly. So (laughs) instead of that big black stallion. But since then I've learned that there are what's called homozygous stallions, which only throw, they can't throw a chestnut. That's correct. The chestnut mutation is a recessive gene. So your mare was chestnut. That means she had two copies of the chestnut gene. And because you got a chestnut foal, that means that stallion carried one copy, but it was masked by the dominant form of that gene, which allows black pigment to be expressed. So your chances of getting a chestnut and that mating were actually 50%, 50-50. Dang it. And then 50-50, so really it was 25% to get a chestnut filly, which, ding, ding, lottery winner. (laughs) Nine or 11 months we heard about this black colt that was coming out. Uh, 11 months, Dr. Graves. (laughs) Red bear. Here you go. Uh, So uh, that's fantastic. And uh, as far as finding out, you know, like, okay, so then, by the way, the chestnut filly comes out with, like, literally not a speck of white on her. So is there a way to see, like, this stallion had two socks and the mare has four socks? How many socks am I going to get? Or is that just crapshoot? Well, that is kind of a crapshoot at this point um, as far as markings. There are things that can increase. um, uh, There are genes that can increase your chances of getting white leg markings. For example, the Sabino gene often confers uh, a large white blaze and four white legs that a typical phenotype for a horse that carries the Sabino 1 mutation. Um, But white markings are very variable and there's no test so far to determine how many socks you're going to get or whether there'll be socks or stockings, for example. In fact, in in cloned horses, um, if you clone a horse with white markings, chances are its clone is not going to have the same white markings because I the migration that. 
yeah, the, the migration of pigment cells seems to be a, a bit random, and so you don't tend to reproduce the white marking. Migration exactly. of pigment cells. Interesting. So this chestnut filly, I did all the registration on her yesterday and the vet came out and drew her and she's like, she does have some white on her feet. And I was like, really? If you look at the very front right of her, like right down by the, the right on the pasture, right by the coronary band, it looks like somebody took a white paint on their thumb and stuck it right on her foot and I, so she has oh. some chrome <laughs> well listen where can people go to get a hold of you and find out and and maybe ask some more questions about genetic testing or submit their uh their genetic stuff okay our website is um can be accessed through the gluck equine research center website but an easy way to find the genetic laboratory website is just to google Get Gluck. And get that will, Gluck. Get Gluck. And that will take you to a, a link that will directly take you to our laboratory test site. Fantastic. Well, Catherine Graves, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And I will call you next time I go to breed. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fine. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you, Catherine. Bye-bye. So I assume, I did she did she say that anybody could, could submit? They're just, I'm sure. Yeah, a that, yeah, that's what they do. Just uh -huh. Google get Gluck okay. and you can find out what you need to do to get uh, your horses tested. And I know that a lot of Mustang people have done the color testing because they don't know exactly what color they're dealing with. I know Elisa Wallace has had to color color uh dna color check a couple of our mustangs because they do sometimes they come out and you're like that's a flaxen appy paint spotted gray chestnut <laughs> well with mustangs <laughs> you don't exactly know the lineage either exactly so, <laughs> so they'll submit the coat patterns and then they'll be like oh well obviously that's a marbleized bay roan you have and that's an actual color you know the there's one breed that really doesn't have to worry about this and that's the frisians right i mean they're just going to get black do they but get that's white another Frisians? one that they they won't register them if they have too much white. Oh, is that right? Or used to be any white. I don't know what it is now, but I know there's some rules as far as color goes. So <laughs> don't uh, you don't want a gray? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even have gray Frisians? Or are they all black? Yes. Yeah. They're called Andalusians. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just change the name. Are you looking for a new bridle that's beautiful, comfortable, and won't break the bank? Look no further. The Ovation ATS bridles provide the ultimate in comfort for your horse with a shaped crown that allows the ears to freely move and reduce pressure. The ATS system... Uh, the, wait, sorry about that. The sh shaped top plate of the crown does allow the ears to move freely, and they're available in a variety of styles, including round raised fancy, square raised figure eight, traditional cavasin dressage bridle with flash, and several more. And this ATS system is important, and uh, as I said, because of the pressure and where the nerves are in the face, and there's a thin layer I, I... of foam that provides shocks of shock absorbent. You'll see some bridles with that, not all of them, but uh, these ATS bridles from Ovation do have that. Uh, you need and to look into that because, man, Baby Groot, you take the bridle off, he just rubs his face like there was something torturing him. So I need to figure out something else. So What kind of bridles do you use, anyway? Normal bridles. Normal bridles. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're not using anything fancy with the. Uh, no, I on. I don't have a figure eight Michelum whatever, but I do want to try that. But I, you know, this sounds like something because he does get a little bit. He just doesn't seem comfortable when I take the bridle off. He's like, oh, thank God. So I'll check out this this uh, ATS bridle. Well, and of course, you can find all of the products, including uh, helmets and everything else that Ovation sells, from clothing to helmets to bridles to tack to all the bridle accessories to uh, all of that, you can find at OvationRiding.com. So I thought that we would play a song today, and I'm going to play a little That's What I'm Talking about by Stephanie Quayle, and then we're going to come back. Uh, we are going to do a listener question, a listener training question, and also we have study show coming up yet today. So that'll be coming up. Disappeared. I got a missing job full of something clear. So take a swig and chase it back with the beer.
Well, that was Stephanie Quayle. You can find all of her music at stephaniequayle.com. I like that song. And I have to do something right now that's a little out of order. I have a second Daily Winnie, and it goes out to my co-host of the Finding Florida podcast. And the reason that she gets a Daily Winnie is she did something so badass this weekend that (laughs) 99.9% of people will never do. And it was on an adventure in Sarasota. And Jemmy, would you like to tell everybody what you did? Uh, No, because I still can't believe I did it. So you have to. (laughs) So, Jemmy, before this adventure, Sarasota is where the circus went in the winter. So it's circus town. I mean, Ringling was housed there. The Ringling Museum is there. It's a very circusy town. There's circus everywhere. So she said before the adventure, she said, I want to do a trapeze. I want to fly in a trapeze. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) I would have never scheduled this for her because I would never make anybody climb up three stories and hang off a. Uh, you not know. someone with a thing of heights and with vertigo. Yes, she has vertigo. <laughs> I hear it about it I all don't the time. Know why I said I wanted to do it. So uh, she said that, and I took advantage of that and scheduled it immediately. So we went to the circus school, and Jimmy, did you see the video, Jamie? She did uh, it. It was awesome. So I, it took a while to kind of get going. I'm like, oh, she's chickening out. She's chickening out. Because you just, nothing happened. You're the Glenn's video. And I'm like, she's not going to go. She's not going to go. And then you see her hanging on this, which, by the way, the forearm strength that it takes to swing down like that and not like accidentally let go and fall off, I don't have. Uh, oh, there was no accidentally falling nothing from me. I was holding on with everything. <laughs> She's like, I, my hands will remain here even if my arms fall off. Right. My <laughs> break, my hands will still be there. Yeah. And so she swings down and swings back. And then I'm like, okay, she's done. And no, here we go. She swings down again, pulls using the abdominal strength of a 10-year-old <laughs> 10-year kickboxer who pulls or crunches herself up like a gymnast in the Olympics, hooks her legs over so the bar is underneath her knees. Mind you, she's still swinging, okay, back and forth. And then this may be not so impressive if you are a trapeze artist, but as a normal human, this is ridiculous. Swings back and forth, drops her hands down to the side. She's still swinging and then grabs it and does a dismount that would make any (laughs) Olympic gymnast proud flips off of it. I had to ask, did you do that yourself or did they like pull you into the flip thing? I don't know. I couldn't have done it. No, no, it's the magic of science. And so when you're, when you're swinging the way you're swinging, they have you, um, they know exactly how to like instruct you to kick your legs and exactly the the certain timing of it and everything to get your leg, your, your body in a certain momentum. And then it just spins you in a circle. So your body has no choice but to spin and then you fall and it's terrifying, but fun. It was so fun. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you did it because now you can say you did it. You know, oh, and it's on God. video. And by oh, the way, Glenn. Jamie, that was only her. You saw the whole leg thing upside down. That was yeah. only her second time. The first time they have you just swing back and forth. The second time they put you up, they get you to try and do that. And she was the only one, including teenagers and everything else, that accomplished the getting the legs over and hanging like she did. She was the only one of the new people that got it done. Well, I, I like because I had the benefit of being 
first. And so I didn't have, I didn't get to see everyone else not do it. And so I was like, well, I don't want to be the only one who doesn't do it. Doing it, damn it. I'm doing it. And, and it also helped that ahead of me in line, um, well, I was the first newbie. Okay. So the, the repeaters were before, were like the four kids in front of us. The kid who went right before me, the last repeater, guess how old he was, Jamie? Oh, how old? Four years old. Stop it. Yes. Climbing this 25 foot ladder all by himself. And I'm like, if he could do it, damn it. I really have to pull this off. How many times in life have you said that? You're like, well, I guess if that guy could do it, I could do it. I said <laughs> yeah, that a this, lot. He was, he was literally four. He was barely enough to reach the next rung on the like ladder. Me. I mean, he was like. By the way, I think the ladder was the scariest part. It was an aluminum extension ladder, like all the way out to the top there and shaking like a leaf, a Jemmy the first time up. I didn't, I really didn't think you were getting up the ladder. Well, because halfway through, because Rocky was up there at the top on the platform when they told me to start my my climb and so about halfway through they're like okay jimmy stop he's gonna go i'm like no this is not the time for me to stop and look around and like take pictures like this is the time for me to get my ass all the way to the top don't stop this progress (laughs) by the way i would like to have the name and phone number of the parents of the four-year-old and report them oh we got them they might actually become roaming reporters for apparently this kid is a daredevil he's a skateboarder he he and when he was up there he he had now you're tied in you're not going anywhere you're not gonna even going up the ladder you're tied in so you're not gonna fall off and hurt yourself but this kid was you don't think jemmy did flips he did about 85 flips on the way down (laughs) names for his for his moves it's like i'm gonna do the ninja i'm gonna do the business i'm like oh my gosh kid i'm your biggest fan. <laughs> he has an Instagram account. going to kick him in the shin. <laughs> he has an Instagram account with how many followers, Jimmy? 1,500. If you want to see him do the flying trapeze, I'm telling you, it's Rocky underscore G underscore rocks. Rocky underscore G underscore rocks. And he's just, it's, I'm his biggest fan. And he was so sweet. And I told him afterwards that he was my brave, you know, he was my source of courage and everything else. And he comes up to me, he says, um, because and as his parents explained afterwards, apparently his, his teacher also has dreadlocks like mine. He comes up to me afterwards with some little strings, like you would make friendship bracelets out of. And he's like, I want to give this to you so you can braid this in your hair. Like my teacher does. And oh my gosh, he was so cute. <laughs> so thank you, Rocky. He was almost stolen. Pre- I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, did it give you baby fever and you wanted to have another kid? Uh, they all do. Jamie, it's a problem. <laughs> really? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, like, they here all you go, do. Rocky, thank you so much. Go back to your parents. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so she does all of that. She doesn't hurt oh. herself. She's flying forty feet in the air. Does it three times. Doing flips. We take the electric bikes on the beach, and who crashes? Hey, that's <laughs> the end of the story right there. We we don't need to go into this. <laughs> She's a above ground person. That's right. You're an She's on the ground flyer. person. Up in the air, less than on the ground. <laughs> There was no, a guy. Was awesome. There was a guy my age, probably a little older. He might have been sixty, uh, who tried it for the first time with his grandkids, and uh, I gave him a lot of credit. He was out there trying it for the first time with his grandkids. So how come you didn't do it? Uh, shoulder surgery a little while back probably wouldn't have been a good oh, idea. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and sure. Is, everybody is about shoulder. the. 
broken ribs incident in Daytona. I do not want to be responsible for that <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We don't want to hear about that again. No. <laughs> well, you did great. It was awesome. I was real proud of I'll, you. I was uh, watching the whole. I was like, oh my god, she flipped. I'll, I'll, we'll share the picture over in our horses in the morning fa- or the video over in horses morning Facebook page too. If you want to, if you want to see Jemmy flying through the air, uh, now. <laughs> You'll have to listen to our show at Finding Florida Podcast when it comes out here in the next week or two to find out if she'll do it again. <laughs> we'll find that out. All right. How, all right. You two ready? It's time for some study show. This is the time of the month where I look Do you want through... the training tip? Yeah, we'll do that last. I thought we did. Oh, that's the last. Tip. I thought, okay. I, think, I think your segment's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's do the training tip then. Oh, uh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so studies show what I do is I just look through Google and I put in a, a month and I look at the last month and see what we've wasted our money on as a society studying. And I will give you the beginning part and Jemmy and Jamie will guess what the end part is. Or, and you can play. Usually on. this is not a very good segment for small children because Jemmy and I can sometimes get a little in. Yeah, a little risque. But we'll try. Yeah, a little risque. Uh, uh, <laughs> I make so. no guarantees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, studies show a rapid decline in. Rapid decline. Jeez, that's so open-ended. That is so, I mean, that's huge. That's very broad. A rapid decline in um, weight loss in people in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that one anytime soon, actually. (laughs) Not a study that you would pay for. (laughs) Because it's obvious. (laughs) Um, A rapid decline in energy levels of horse husbands at horse shows. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that might you might see that actually, but uh, no, and this is good for us as podcasters. Studies show a rapid decline in radio listening globally. They're listening to us, just saying. <laughs> studies show, <laughs> studies show restaurant noise levels. Dot, dot, dot. So we we went to a pub in London and we walked into it and it's so packed and we sit down and we we actually found a table like right at the front of people had just gotten up and we sit down at it and I look over at Lucas and his hands are over his ears and he looks so unhappy so I would I mean he was like this too loud and so restaurant noise levels are just way too loud yeah I was going to say they can cause ear damage and that it, you can, I'm going to give you that one because studies show restaurant noise levels affect this. But this is how stupid this study is affect dining experience. Yeah, no oh. kidding. Oh. <laughs> it affected does. ours. We didn't dine there. We had to leave. Oh, so <laughs> everything brightness of the lights, the whether the doors open or yeah. not. Like, <laughs> you know, they do seem to be playing. And they, I actually read this study. It's it. Restaurants across the board are playing their music louder. And part of the thing is they're not playing elevator music anymore. They're playing like real music. So real music tends to seem louder even if it isn't. So more bass and all of that stuff. And I'll tell you the restaurant, I can't, you won't, Jamie won't know anything about this. But Five Guys, you can't eat in the Five Guys. The music is so loud in there and it's so hollow in there and there's no carpet or any kind of cloth to absorb it. It's very loud in the Five Guys. I always I eat in the car. I don't understand the, the logic behind it either because it makes it, it makes it harder to talk. I guess maybe they want to flip the tables faster. That's a way I think, but it's like, uh-huh. get out. now this one i think you guys saw uh studies show that pets especially dogs are 
good for your soul. <sighs> That's right. Just to. Oh, really? It's she got good it? for your health. That's right. This you know race what's is- not good for your health <laughs> is when you bring home a dog basically from a crack house and you bring it home and your husband is super mad at you. And then the dog goes out and gets sprayed by a skunk. Oh, no. You know That's not good for your health. <laughs> Marvel got sprayed by a skunk. I still have the damn dog and she got sprayed by a skunk and she'd never worn a leash or a collar before. So I, ha- I of course can't give her a bath and I have to give her a bath outside with a hose. And so I put the collar on her and I put a leash on her and it was like, I trapped oh, a coyote. I trapped a coyote. <laughs> like putting on a leash on a line. cat. Forget yeah, it. Exactly. Just like that. Um, so yeah, I've uh, bathed in Marvel now has had about 47 baths and anybody who has something magic that could get the skunk smell out of a dog. And this makes it worse because it's like that dog. And Chad's like, I told you that dog needs a go. I think that dog's going <laughs> to disappear some morning. I don't know that, where it you went, know who, honey. You know what? I've <laughs> talked to my, my vet came out yesterday and I almost got her convinced. So she's going to go talk to her husband. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't smell it. Did smell. She? <laughs> nope. She didn't smell. We were out in the barn. Uh, you know, they, that whole tomato juice thing, I don't think it was real. I don't think it actually worked. Although, I remember bathing our dog in tomato juice a couple times. I've got this tea tree oil shampoo, and that's definitely not working. No. So anybody <laughs> that has anything good, uh, you know, send us a message. Email jamie at horseradionetwork.com if you have the magic cure for dogs that have been skunked or dogs that need a home. Either one. <laughs> Either one of those. Yeah. You know, dogs, if you could send me, there's a Facebook page for everything. There's probably skunked dogs needing homes in on Facebook, I'll find it. Not anymore. <laughs> they took it down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Studies show that seniors, this is senior citizens, are waiting longer to. This is a. Die. This is like a duh. Get their colonoscopies. <laughs> Mine's next month. <laughs> Finally. And how late are you doing it? Uh, about five years. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that. Jimmy's got it. <laughs> uh, retire, because they have no money. Nobody has any retirements anymore. Uh, so uh, that's why, you know, they're all working at Walmart, because nobody has retirements anymore. That I was telling d- my mom, I'm like, mom, you guys want some extra money. I'm like, they'll get you a chair. You just sit there and greet people when they come in. You're super friendly. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do in my old age. I think I'd be a good Walmart greeter. <clears throat> oh, my God. You'd be so annoying. <laughs> oh, God. Did you imagine working with him like every day? Face to face. You uh, vegetarians are going to love this one. Uh, studies show an apple carries about... Oh, no. I don't want to know. No, you don't. Uh, 20 grams of sugar. I have no idea. That is incorrect. Oh, <laughs> it might. I don't know. I don't know how many sugar. How much sugar. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> um, because Jamie doesn't want to guess. <laughs> I don't want to guess. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I don't want to guess. A hundred apple. A hundred million bacteria on each apple. So good luck washing oh. those puppies. <laughs> well, I'll peel it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I like peeling apples anyway. So now I feel better about that. Uh, studies show that this is like we spent money on this. After all these years, we spent money on this. Studies show smoking damages. Oh my God! Please don't say your lungs. Your <laughs> ding, lungs. ding, 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 ding. No way! <laughs> now they added something. Studies show that smoking damages your lungs and your eyes forever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and, your eyes. and your eyes. So they added eyes to that, but they had to put lungs in. Like we didn't know that. 
So it damages your everything. Just say that. Don't smoking damages your everything. Haven't they seen the the <laughs> uh, the endless commercials with that poor lady? I mean, I mean seriously, <laughs> if that just... doesn't qualify as everything, yeah. I love <laughs> the Surgeon General warning on European cigarettes. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, 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 because here it's like. Smoking causes low birth weight on the side of the package, and ever in Europe, it says smoking will kill you. It and does. Like, Here, let's order. Yeah, yeah, oh, but totally. they all smoke, don't they? Oh Everybody gosh. in Europe smokes. It's pretty crazy. It seemed like that to me, but uh, being at Monty's, uh, there's a lot of European people that come through, and not just European, other countries all over the place. And yeah, that's what the warning label is on their cigarette packs is this will basically murder you. And it's so blunt (laughs) and it's, and yeah, still, it's still doing it. (laughs) Uh, Studies show that drinking increases your risk of pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. You win that one. (laughs) I mean, what am I going to say? That's the best answer. (laughs) Actually, and I didn't, this is something new. I don't know. This is a, I don't know whether to believe this study. Drinking increases your risk of getting a sunburn. Because you pass out in the sun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it increases your risk of a sunburn. But I think pregnancy was the best answer. Studies show that leftovers, this is, you know, leftover meals. Ooh, tastes so good. Oh, ding, 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 no. ding, ding, ding. You got it. Tastes better the next day. Especially no. anything spaghetti related. Oh. They all t- you don't like leftovers? No, I have a husband that eats them. I, the, the only thing I will eat, and he thinks I'm so weird, the only thing I will eat leftover cold is Mexican food. Well, you know, when you think about it, though, most vegetables are not good reheated. So I can see why you don't like leftovers. That's true. I yeah, mean, true. if you're vegetarian, reheating that stuff's not very good. It's the others. It's like spaghetti that's good reheated. Uh, studies show, two more, studies show a lack of sleep can make you, this is like the does, does study ever. Uh, uh, a lack cranky. of sleep makes you a terrible mother is what it makes you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ask me how I know. Hashtag ask me how I know. <laughs> uh, the answer was depressed. Okay, yeah. You don't sleep for a while, you're going to be pretty depressed. They didn't need a study to tell me that. I'm going to be unhappy. All right. Uh, one more. Uh, studies show that mosquitoes... Which, in turn, then makes you drink more, and then you get pregnant. pregnant. And then you have more babies. <laughs> and then you and become a terrible sunburn, mother. Apparently. And sunburn. <laughs> All ties together, Glenn. <laughs> studies show that mosquitoes find you and decide to bite you because... You're warmer than the surrounding air? I don't know. Stop. Guessing real things. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I forgot how to play the game. <laughs> um, I feel like mosquitoes find you because they know exactly how much you're going to itch. And the ones that aren't super itchy don't get bitten. And yet some of us that have scars all around our ankles from walking outside two nights ago are killed i don't i don't know what the answer is but uh, they know to bite you because it itches and it always seems like one person in the relationship gets bit endlessly and the other gets none like Mm -hmm. zero well yeah you're the one that gets bit because i'm the one that gets bit too so let me tell you this is bad for us (laughs) the study because apparently mosquitoes find you and decide to bite you because they can smell your breath so apparently you and i have bad breath and everybody else doesn't good breath and they're attracted Well, that could be. I didn't read the study, so I don't know which one it was. I thought you were going to say they smell your fear. 
Well, that might give you bad breath. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's uh, end the show today with a training tip. Something educational. Yes, instead of this silliness. Now, remember how I started this show was I was kind of a big disaster and typically that girl, which I still am all the time, but I'm that girl with a certificate now. (laughs) I uh, am a certified Monty Roberts instructor and I I, somehow that let made Glenn let me give training tips on this show, which I think you noticed before you got that. I never let you. Oh God, no, (laughs) I wouldn't have done that. Um, because I didn't know, (laughs) but now I've learned. Uh, and the, the training question was on our auditors page and it's from Erica and it says, I have a training question. There's a horse at my barn, not my horse that has zero motivation to go forward. He's an Irish sport horse. I honestly believe that it's an attitude issue he would honestly rather sit on his butt and smell the flowers. <laughs> He's brave to jumps and likes to be praised, but getting him going is a never ending battle. Uh, and then goes on about how hard it is to get him to canter. They've started him on a red cell iron supplement, but he's been massaged. He's on a good diet with high quality. hay. is there something I can do to help him with this? Uh, this has two sides to the answer. And it seems like you guys have started trying to figure out if it's a physiological problem. So a horse that doesn't want to move forward. Uh, the first thing I would do is rule out pain. I mean, and that goes without saying for everything, but, um, in this situation, I would want some blood work. I would want to know what the blood says. Is there some sort of low level infection going on? Is there some sort of imbalance in the magnesium? You know, there's just a million things that the blood work could tell you. So I would get a full blood panel. That's the first thing I do. Obviously you think something's going on because you're giving them some iron. I don't know how much that helps a horse motivate, but, um, it's a a start. So you're trying stuff. He's getting massages. Obviously the next part would be check the tack, check his teeth, you know, do do the A to Z nose to tail list of things that could be going on physically and physiologically. Can he just be lazy? Well, yeah. So that's my next thing was like, is this a lesson horse? Is this somebody's horse that gets ridden a lot? It says he's an Irish sport horse. So he's probably had a lot of training. Um, if he's a a horse at a a training barn. Um, so a lot of times, yeah, the, the horses can find no value in moving forward. Okay. So say she particularly mentions getting him to canter. Getting him to canter is a super hard process to keep him, get him cantering, keep him cantering. So what happens, Glenn, is people will like, I, I finally got him cantering. Keep going, keep going, keep cantering, keep cantering. And then the horse is like, screw this. There is zero motivation for me to canter because I know once I canter, I'm going to be cantered to death. And so you've got to put some value back in moving forward. And what I do with a horse that, won't go forward or is super lazy as I treat them just like it's a horse off the racetrack, which a horse off the racetrack has no idea what legs are. So looking at it from the same aspect of a horse off the track and a horse that won't go forward is you've got to teach them to want to go forward. Um, so I stand in the middle of the arena and I put my leg on just, I mean, I don't want to kick him or anything. I'm just putting my leg on as much leg pressure as you want the horse to do. And eventually they will take a step, take the leg off and praise them like crazy. Rub their neck. Don't smack their neck, rub their neck like crazy. Oh my gosh, you're so good because they took one step. Boom. You just gave that one step value. 
Let's do it again. Do it again. One step, one step, then start to ask for two steps. And you've got to have a lot of patience, but this won't take that long. If you just break it down to this small level, put your leg on, wait, you get a motion, you get a movement, a step. If you want two steps, wait for two steps, take your leg off and praise like crazy. Then you're going to get a horse that's going, Hmm, I don't have to go forever. And I also get praised. And then you put your leg on and they take three steps. Oh my gosh, you're so smart. Good praise, praise, praise. And then eventually you put your leg on and you're just going to hold it until they pick up a trot and trot, you know, like squeeze your butt cheeks together, put your leg on, go trot. And they get that trot and they trot a couple steps and you praise them like crazy. And yes, it seems like this would take a long time, but it really doesn't just uh, one ride and then put your leg on again and ask him to go and once you start getting that, you're going to get a horse with the attitude of like, wow, it's really not that bad. It's not like I'm going that long. And you slowly incrementally build them up to do more and more and more. Uh, that is what I would do to start with. If you've got a horse, that's like, no, I am never going to move forward. Uh, then I would get into something called the giddy up rope, which is a white cotton rope. What happens is people hit these horses with a whip they won't go forward, so they they hit them with a whip. Well, horses are, as we've talked about, into pressure animals, and they feel a whip, and they kind of go into that, which you hit them on their butt, and they kind of go backwards. You might get a jump forward once or twice, but then you're going to have to hit them twice and three times and whack them and get harder and harder and harder, and it just gets exponentially higher until you get bucked off. So I try to avoid the whips because that never is going to end in something positive. So Put your leg on the horse, won't go forward. The giddy up rope, you can see it on Monty Roberts University. It's a soft cotton rope and the swinging over your head, you you know, you hit them on the sides, but it does there's no pain. And it, the the vision of the white rope sends them forward, but it doesn't make them like blast off like, you know, you think it's going to. Anyway, that's one thing. The canner is something um kind of different. It is not all the time about getting them to canter. And once you get that canter, you've got to keep them cantering. You've got to put more value in the canter. Okay. So we've taught the horse to go from the halt to the walk, the walk to the trot. And now you're going to ask for the trot to the canter. You're going to do it just the same. You're going to keep your leg. Your horse is trotting. You're going to put your leg on. And now they've learned. They're like, hmm, okay, the leg on means go faster. Let's see what happens. And they're going to jump into that canter or go into that canner. And you know what? They give you one canner stride. Oh my God. You're so amazing. Praise, 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 praise. Again, think about whenever you get that horse to canner, you do not, you're what's going on now is you're like, I don't want him to stop because I can't let him stop because then I can't get him to canner again. And so what you're doing is you're canner, 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 and taking all the value out of it. You just gave the horse value in the canner by jumping into the canner. They only had to canner one stride praise them like crazy. Then next time get two strides, let them break down, praise them like crazy, three strides and build it up to where you do a half a 20 meter circle, bring them back down. So you're teaching them to actually pick up that canner. And, and it's not about cantering for an hour. You know, it's just about cantering and just doing that motion. It doesn't have leads don't even matter at this point, it's just jumping up into the next gate. You can fix all that once they're more willing to do it. Um, those are some of the things that I would do to teach the horse and just make, take, put some value back in it. 
and they, and, and put, make it enjoyable for them. Also think about taking them out of the arena. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us just have arenas to, to ride in, take them outside the arena and think about getting him forward and going into, I remember when I got Joey, that, uh, thoroughbred that came from the, the sheriff's department, he literally couldn't canter. And in the arena, it was like a roadster trot all the way around it before he would pick up a canter and just couldn't. So I just took him to a field. I put Jacob the pony in front of him and Rachel's on him. And I was like, okay, go. I want, we're going to chase you. And finally that trot turned into a canter because we're following somebody in a wide open field and he cantered. And I was like, Oh my God, you're so amazing. And now it, and it worked for him. So just think about making it a fun and pleasant experience. Uh, if you have any more questions, please definitely Erica, let me know Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. I hope this helped. And, uh, if any of you have any other training questions that you would like answered on the show, send them to me. I'd be happy to help. There you go. Well, thank you for that, Jamie. Appreciate it. Get I'm you- sure I forgot something, but you know, whatever. Well, you know, if they want anything more than that, they have to hire you. So <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be a tease. You're not supposed to give them everything. So okay, <laughs> you're going to be a terrible Clinton Anderson, uh, mega clinician selling books. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I am. I just want to help. I just, you know, it's not about the money. I know. Oh, no, you don't charge Which... anybody for any of this. So it's definitely not about the money. I barely pay I you. So it's definitely about the, not about the money. <laughs> Girls, marry a pilot. That's right. Okay? That's, That's right. the other piece of training advice. Marry well. <laughs> All right, uh, we need some ads. Uh, Jennifer needs some ads. Get, send them in to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Get your really bad ad, ads in for Friday. But we actually need extras. So work extra hard in the next two days, today and tomorrow. Get them in by Thursday night because she needs to make up two weeks of ads because we're out next week. And you get, by the way, 10 times the entries if you send an ad in because you're surfing on Craigslist and you see an ad and then you go buy that horse. 10 <laughs> times the entries. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's happened to me. I can't look for bad ads anymore. I end up with animals in my yard. So you yeah, all let us know about that it. too. We want to know what happened. So yeah, um, definitely send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We do need extras because we have to make two weeks worth before we go on vacation because some people are not on vacation going to be working next week. So, uh, so the shows will By still the be way, coming By the way, next out. week, I also have a bad advice for horse people. Buy horse people, Oklahoma edition. <laughs> Oh, my God. You guys are not going to believe some of the things these people suggest. And and you have some great uh, co-hosts coming on. Sally's going to be here. Helena's going to, for those uh, Helena lovers from Stable Scoop, is going to join you one day. And then Debbie one day. So you have a whole variety pack. And I I I won't do the bad advice on with Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) No, she probably wouldn't like that. All All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for the Horse Husbands episode. Bay neuter gal, have a good one. Hope you mean it.